Welcome to the Project Future podcast for people looking to launch and build their own amazing business with me, Rob Kerr. A few years ago, I asked myself, how can people considering starting a business be confident they are making the right decision and how can they improve their chances of success? The answer has become my book titled Project Future, Six Steps to Success as Your Own Boss. A Facebook group called the Project Future Club, where we support each other to launch and build our own amazing businesses. And this podcast, where every Tuesday, a business owner shares their story, including great tips about what to do and what not to do when launching or growing a business to empower you to make better decisions on your own journey. You'll find the show notes and transcripts at robkerr.co.uk. So in these uncertain times, if starting a business could be the right option for you and your family, read the book, join the Facebook group and enjoy the show. Now let's move on to this week's episode. Hello and welcome to episode 35 of the Project Future podcast. My guest this week is Jane Rogers, a content writer with more than 20 years experience in PR and marketing, a great deal of which has involved writing in some form or another. Jane now helps small businesses with their writing and wears her PR and marketing hat to help them with strategy and planning. In this episode, Jane explains how she found her niche aligned to the Ikigai principles, how you can use content to strike a chord with your audience, the common pitfalls that many businesses make regarding content, how you can use content to get yourself known and recognized as an authority, how to choose the right type of content for your business, and also on a different subject, the opportunity to bring businesses together locally through networking and how there's probably more happening on your doorstep than you realize. Jane's best advice is to focus on understanding your audience's problems. Let's have a listen. Hi, Jane. Welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. It's great to have you here today, and I'm really excited to learn a bit more about your journey. So we've spoken through our our, our connection uh, within Beckenham and uh, the local area in South East London. So, yeah, I'd love for you to share a little bit about your, your background and how you got started and ended up doing what you do today. Okay. Well, I have been working in the kind of marketing and PR industries for over 20 years now. And that isn't something I thought about at the time when you're when you're little at school and everyone says what what do you want to do not one of the classic things that comes up and a lot of people don't even know about it but I got into it after university um, when I I wasn't sure still what I wanted to do Um, and I'd studied languages at university and I thought that I I didn't want to do something in a traditional language sense like teaching or interpreting Uh, and what else could I do and actually while I was at university I did a lot of what we call RAG which is looking for um, raising fundraising raising money um, and having the events uh, holding events um, to raise money for charities and I'd really enjoyed doing that and I thought kind of with my organizational skills in some way shape or form can I use that and I came about uh, marketing jobs. And then it was almost kind of by accident, I fell into PR because of the, the particular job I had at the time and the, the sort of the job that then became available to me while I was on a, on a short-term contract. So I worked my way up in that and worked in the, the corporate world for um, a few years um, and developed there an interest really in 
the writing, the content writing that I that I now do. Um, it's something that I'm good at, um, and I've always enjoyed writing. I always liked writing stories and things when I was a child as well. And actually, in the last few years, since I've set up my business, my business initially started as a pure PR firm helping uh, other businesses to raise their profile. And I still do that essentially now, but I'm concentrating much more on the content writing side of things. Um, and I think that brings it back full circle to when I was younger, because my, my love of languages is, is still there. Um, I'm fluent in French and I do have a basic knowledge of a couple of other languages, including Italian. And I think for me, it's the whole love of, of language itself and how and why we speak and um, getting that across and getting the right messages across uh, to people and communicating or being able to communicate in another language um, is in, in, in a way something else I do now, even though I'm not doing it in another language, I'm taking people's um, sometimes complicated uh, information. Uh, for example, I work a lot in the construction industry and the, uh, the heating industry. Um, and so some of that can be quite technical and actually translating that to make it simple for people to consume, for readers to consume and to, to understand what a business is about. Yeah, I love it. And, you know, I, I love how all the seeds were there from your early career, your early life even, um, you know, and and how you took that love of language and have shaped that through the career and, and specialised at each step, really. I, I think to, to start with such a, a wide brief in marketing, to then channel that through PR and then to start the PR business and then to focus on content as a, as a specific, um, I think it's great. And it's a really useful story, isn't it? And to, and to step back and say, okay, this was the decision point and, and this was something that, that I wanted to do at, at that specific time. So, yeah, I, I think that's brilliant. And, you know, how you've, how you've taken that forwards there. So in, in terms of content, you know, I, I think it's a, it's a fascinating area. And, mm. and it can be quite tricky. You know, it can be a bit of a minefield yeah. uh, to, to engage and to, and to create something. So where do you go with it? If, with, a, with a typical client, you know, what, what would you do in, in terms of assessing their content and or, or helping them to create a piece of content that will strike a chord with their audience? So I, I like to take it right back to the beginning. With a new client, I will start and look at what they're they're doing already and and is it working and is it you know read the content obviously first of all or, or, or consume whatever other content they put out whether that's you know video or, or another format and put myself in the shoes of one of their potential clients or indeed I may even be a potential client of theirs and look at you know is it is it actually answering my questions is it solving a problem that I might have um, and I think that's really the, the, the crux of the starting point is what is the purpose of the piece of content? What is it trying to persuade people to do? And is it answering the questions? So, yeah, I, I, I think that's so key, isn't it? To, to understand exactly where they are um, and then to, to kind of take that forwards from that initial base. And I say solving the problem, it, it's something that comes up so often, but mm. sol solving a problem and articulating a way to get that across I think is is so so key so no it's, it's brilliant stuff so tell me some stories so what's what has happened over the years that's either inspired you to take the business in a slightly different direction or surprised you about the the needs of as a specific client where you've kind of found their solution what's what stood out for you over the years 
I think for me, I, I, I think it, it's it's realising that while all clients are different, there's quite a lot of common thread between them, and particularly those that might be struggling with their, their marketing or their PR uh, or their content. It, it is, you know, them, them, them trying to um, really grasp as who their, their clients are um, and who they're talking to and, and, and putting it um, across simply as well. So, for example, I mentioned heating. I work with um, a number of, of heating firms, and quite often they're they're looking to um, you know very technical stuff, and they want to talk about the, 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 the technical specifications of boilers, for example, which isn't really of, of relevance to um, you or I when we want a new boiler. So, uh, you know, I've I've, uh, I've helped my clients there with really kind of putting it in the shoes of the of the customer, thinking about the homeowner, what is it they need to know, and and creating you know pieces around tips for them. So, for example. Um, looking at um, you know in the summer you don't have your boiler on but um, you know what kind of things do you need to do what, what might be useful to keep it working properly so that when you put it back on in the in the autumn um, it's still working okay uh, as well as having a, a service for it so it's it's sort of becoming helping them to become more of a uh, an authority and they know what they're talking about and and um, putting uh, advice across as well, and I think that's that's quite key for a lot of small businesses is, is when they're they're starting out. It's like, well, how how do I get myself known, um, and how can I um, you know show people I know what I'm talking about? Well, of course, that's where where content does come in across your social media or across your uh, you know blogs and on your website and in, in physical um, materials as well. There's, there's there's all sorts of ways now. You know, people talk about content all the time when you might have heard the phrase content is king um, and, and I think it, it, it's true because there's, there's, there has to be content foundation behind most uh, marketing that, that, that people do nowadays. Another example for me is, is, is when I'm writing and I don't know how I do this I guess it's just something that that's inherent in me but I know it's one of the, the things that um, my clients really value in me is being able to understand where they're coming from and writing things in their own voice I have a client who um, is a wedding planner and uh, she was very nervous um, before working with me even though she knew she needed some help um, I did some brochures for her and she she was struggling with the wording she knew what she wanted to say but she knew it wasn't coming across well enough to capture it but she was she was nervous that somebody else would just write it and it wouldn't sound like her but I, I got to, to know her and I think by uh, really kind of grasping the way she, she wanted to come across, I was then able to write it as if it sounded like her. And I do that, you know, with, with all my clients as, as far as I, I possibly can. So that it's, it's them speaking. It's not me speaking. It's almost like I'm a, I'm a conduit for it. I'm t- taking their uh, stuff they've got in their, their head or on their paper and actually turning it into something that, that, that sounds like them but is talking in the right the right way to their potential clients it's, it's fascinating isn't it and i'm just as you talk there i, I can really see the solution playing out mm. sort of how how you're you're looking at what they do and finding the solution because as you say if it was in your voice that wouldn't be any good to them and in, yeah. in many respects there's a lot of parallels you know for for me as a project manager in terms of you know kind of how you deliver those things even though 
you're creative and I don't consider myself particularly creative you know I'm more on the <laughs> on the on the pragmatic side of things so mm-hmm. so yeah it's it's fascinating and and going back a couple of minutes you spoke about you know the different types of content and mm-hmm. I think that can be that could be a challenge to know what to focus on because there are so many options, you know, be it digital or, or more traditional kind of printed materials and things. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what would you suggest is a priority and, and how do you come to a priority with a client? Well, yes, there's there's obviously, as you say, hundreds of different types of content forms. And, and uh, quite often if I, if I give a talk on, on this subject, I flash up a slide that has, you know, <laughs> lots of different um uh, content types on it and people go Ugh. um but um <laughs> I, I suggest people pick two or three to start with uh, no more because otherwise it can be overwhelming and I also like to goes back to their who their clients are as well um so we look we look at that together because it's it's a combination of picking picking some content types that work for you but also will work for your audience. There's no point in being on Facebook if your audience aren't there, for example. So, yeah, so I really kind of work through that and um, just by picking picking two or three to start with. And I think for most people, that's usually their website to begin with if they don't have one. And then one or two social media platforms and then possibly something like blog or a brochure actually certainly for startup businesses they're looking at those kind of key materials that promote them so websites social media and more often than not if they're a business where they can have something tangible to hold like a leaflet or a flyer or something like that they tend to be the main things that people are interested in yeah and, and the great thing about a brochure or a flyer is that you can have it physically printed and you can have a PDF copy mm-hmm. as well and, and you know, be able to share that um, online. You know, it's uh, certainly, you know, when I first had a had a brochure last year, you know, I, I didn't have it printed initially because all the offices were shut. So, so I just yes. had the, uh, I, I just had the PDF version and that was that was kind of OK to send around. But certainly if you're a more local business and you've you know, you know where your clients are you know, to be able to have, have a brochure or a leaflet and be able to kind of pop that round um, and, and just share it, you know, it, it really makes a difference, doesn't it? And in terms of the style of, of content, mm-hmm. clearly you, you speak about the voice and things, but what about a, a visual element? You know, how does the content that you create relate to a, a, a brand? And what if somebody doesn't have a strong brand identity? You know, how, how do you sort of deal with that challenge? So I, I mean I think the words can obviously be very powerful and we can we can choose the words as a starting point if someone doesn't have a brand as yet. I can help them with um what we kind of tend to refer to as their key messaging. So what are the, 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 the phrases that they're going to get across, the things that they really want to say about their business, the key things that their clients and potential clients need to know. So obviously what they do um, and how they do it and how they solve the problem, again, for, for their client. And those can be used, you know, across all sorts of different content channels and platforms with, you know, a, a headshot of someone, for example, or um, a very basic brand or colour. But 
I work a lot with graphic designers and um, you know will often recommend my clients if they don't have that branding in place the reasons um, how and why they should have that and then it's usually worthwhile investment at the beginning of their business to um, to develop that and then they've got the visual side because at the end of the day we're all pretty much visual um, dominant um, and you know images and video um, all perform far better online than just the words so it's important I think for for people to to consider those at the beginning it doesn't mean it can't evolve you know you can have a uh, a quite basic logo and brand to begin with and then you can you can obviously develop it as your as your business grows that's not to say the words aren't important of course they are of course I'm going to say that as well <laughs> but you know um certainly for having an online presence the words are very important because search engines can't search on pictures they they search on the words behind them yeah, I love it. And I think, you know, you won't have heard episode 31 yet because it's not been published as we're recording this, uh, but it has for the listeners. But episode 31 with Sophie on making a social media splash, I think so many of the, of the elements that, that Sophie spoke about there in terms of video and, you know, how that gets attention, you know, is really links with what you're saying there, Jane, in, in terms of it's, it's having the video, having the logo um, that Vicky spoke about going back even further to episode 21. Mm-hmm. But where you've got, you know, the content, that's what people will focus on, isn't it? It's mm-hmm. you, you could have the format, you know, whatever that may be. But but there has to be those those kind of keywords, those key messages that get the attention, you know, within that. So it, it all comes back to the content, doesn't it, in many ways? Yes, it does. And once you've got the content there and you've got you've developed those messages, you look at how you put those out and it might be that you use some of these other more visual formats to get yep. them out um not just you know not just written at all but i guess the, the, the writing is a, is a foundation there absolutely and back in a business association i know it's something you're heavily involved in uh it's a community mm-hmm. community group uh so you know i'm i'm down the road as well which is which is great so it's, it's great to have, have been involved a little bit myself so i wonder if you can tell us a bit about that and how you work with other business owners in order to kind of offer that range of services and and the networking opportunities that that brings yeah sure well um beckenham business association is an independent association for businesses who are based in who or who are serving customers within beckenham uh, so you don't have to just be um, based here to, to be a member it's been going for i don't know over 10 years and it it really aims to connect all those businesses in and around. Um, a lot of a lot of us are not based on the high street that are members, but some are as well. Uh, but it aims to connect people together to um, to be able to come together and collaborate to learn. We normally have um, networking events. We have at least four a year, but we're looking to. Um, do more than that this year. We, we're online with our events at the moment, of course, because of the restrictions over, over the last 12 months or so. But um, we will be going back, hopefully, later in the year into different venues in and around Beckenham, which allows the businesses to showcase their venue as well um, and allows people to come together to collaborate and network together. Myself and uh, my three colleagues, we took over the running of Beckenham Business Association in January this year. So we've 
recently rebranded it and given it a fresh new look. And as I say, we've been doing the, the online events with speakers and um, we really want to reinvigorate the membership, encourage more people to join um, and to bring in more member benefits for people as well. So that there's really a good reason to be a member and to actually benefit from each other, um, each other's expertise. And we've all got different expertise across what, what we all do in, in, in different ways. And I think that's, that's really one of the good things. And we're all local and I'm all for supporting local um, and keeping it local. You know, it's been a tough time for, for businesses everywhere. Um, lately and um, you know supporting a local business supporting your local high street I think is is really really important all the time but particularly right now yeah that's great and clearly not everybody listening is going to be local but what what would you suggest for people that may be elsewhere in the country or, or indeed around the world in terms of looking for those associations or indeed forming one yeah I I think the similar things exist in, in most towns and cities, certainly in the UK, and I'm sure they do in other countries as well. Um, do your research online, see what's out there first. And if there's nothing that suits your your requirements or your needs, then then why not create one? You know, get get, get together with, with like-minded um, businesses, go to other networking events to see what's there and form, form something that, that suits your needs. No, thank you. I think that's that's really useful advice, and 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 certainly, you know, I've I've got more and more involved in these over the last couple of years, and and it's mm-hmm. great to see what's out there. You know, I, I think it can be easy to overlook the the support and guidance that that you can achieve, and indeed uh, the networking that can create business opportunities as well, and and to find clients as well through these uh, through these associations. So, yeah, lots and lots of benefits, and and yeah, it's it's been brilliant for me to learn more about what's going on in southeast london There's, there is so much on your doorstep and, and i didn't realize this and for many years i commuted up into london uh, as a lot of people do if you live in the, in the suburbs of london and you don't really know what's on your doorstep other than you know where your local supermarket is and your you know your local immediate amenities but i feel i've really got to know not just my physical neighbors in where i live in my street but also um, those in my local high street and, and, and other surrounding businesses and, and within the wider borough that we're in uh, and I find that that really really helps me my knowledge and, and, and has really helped my business but also helped me um, personally um, as well and I think supporting that the, the local the local side of it keeping it local I think that's so important yeah that's fantastic so what's the future for you Jane where do you see the business going over the next kind of two or three years by the time this recording goes out, I should have a new website live, um, which I'm, I'm working on at the moment because I'm uh, wanting to, um, one of the things I enjoy doing is putting on workshops and training um, to help people um, develop their own content and their own marketing. And um, I've run a few of those um, over the last couple of years. Um, and I'm really looking to take that forward more and build digital courses online um, and build a kind of coaching, mentoring side to my business as well so that I can equip people um, to help themselves, particularly in the very small uh, business sector and the startup sector, while being able to do the other stuff I love in terms of writing people's content for them, those that need my help with it. Yeah, 
love it and uh, i wish you every success with it i think it's uh it's it's such a key area and it can be so tricky and it can take so much time to to kind of focus and, and get those right results if you're trying to do it alone so yeah i absolutely yes. see the see the benefit in in terms of, of what you do and and how it can make a difference really <laughs> thank you so, so before we finish there's four questions that i ask every guest so what's the one best piece of advice you give to somebody thinking about starting a business today so i would say that before you start um really spend some time to do your research and know who your audience is what are you trying who you're trying to reach um and also what what problems you're hoping to solve with with your business what you're offering them i think that really doing that at the beginning before you start is is really key yeah it is isn't it because i think the audience side of things and the problems you know because you may want to solve a problem for a certain audience that they're either having solved elsewhere or they don't see as being relevant so yeah. i think having that that kind of trial phase asking those questions is is so key and it's yeah it's one of my one of my key values as well so I, I think it's so important to to have that clarity before that investment is made so so yeah that's a really definitely great point. yes and i think a lot of people when they're first starting out have it uh, you know would tend to think oh well I, I i serve everybody anybody can use my services but really when you drill it down that's not actually going to be the case um and it is worth really working on that yeah, absolutely. Just um, just took me back a little bit there to um, a, a quote from Only Fools and Horses. I think Mickey Pierce says when he's, he's gone into business with Jevon and he, he says, um, you know, we, we're specialising in anything uh, <laughs> <laughs> or, or, or something along those lines. And uh, yeah, I think it can be so tricky to work out who the audience are and why they need you. I think was, yes. they, they have to need you for a reason. Otherwise, uh why would they pay attention? There's so much else going on out there. So, so yeah, absolutely. it's absolutely a key part of, of, of taking that forwards. So mm. what do you know now uh, that you wish you knew back at the start of your journey? So uh, I think for me, it's really about not trying to do it all yourself. Look at where you might be able to outsource things to other people, concentrate on what you do best and give other people the opportunity to help you with what they do best. Otherwise, you could spend hours and hours doing something you're really no good at I don't know for, for, for me that was accounts I'm a wordsmith I'm not a numbers person generally I mean I, I, can, I can add up I can do my basic sums and all of that but I you know using the services of, of, of a bookkeeper and accountant or tools that, that can help you with that uh, for me was key and, and I think like what I've said uh, already in terms of having your support team there people who can help you so uh, for, for, from um, you know building that together because then you're not on your own and whether that's from your family supporting you through to and, and family and friends and understanding what you do but also you know as I say having people there who can actually help you uh, so you can concentrate on on what you do best which is the core of your business yeah I think that's great advice and and certainly you know there's so many ways that that can be done as well isn't there you you don't need to take on a member of staff in order to to get there um, and and to achieve no. that and you know, for, for myself, you know, I've, I've, I've said several times, I think the visual aspect of things is so tricky for me. You know, it's just something that I don't have any skill at and never will. Um, but that doesn't mean that the materials in my business aren't visually striking because I've outsourced it to somebody that knows what they're doing. Being able to kind of accept that you're not good at everything um, is, is a great starting point. And then finding solutions 
for those elements. And it doesn't necessarily have to be something that you're not so good at. It can be something you don't enjoy as well. Because if you if you don't enjoy it, then your time is probably better spent elsewhere. You can be very good at something that you don't enjoy doing, and that could be another reason to give that to somebody else to to deliver it that probably will enjoy it more than you do. Absolutely, yes, it's, it, it is. Everyone has things that they enjoy and that they're good at. Normally, the two go hand in hand, but you're right, they don't always. But recognising that and learning to recognise that and, and, and getting help in uh, also makes life much more fun and much easier for you too. Yeah, brilliant. So is there a resource that you'd recommend? So be it a, a, a book, a podcast, um, an article or any, anything else that, you know, would really stand out for somebody at the start of their journey? Yeah, well, I've, I've touched on networking already. And for me, I think that is the resource that has, has helped me the most. And if anyone's done networking in the corporate world, then networking in the business world is generally different. It's much more supportive and welcoming. And I've found it's, it's really, really helpful for me. I've built that support network that I was talking about earlier. And uh, I know others have, have done the same. And I think you can learn so much from, and you can get business advice from, from people in the, in the networks. And, you know, you can get obviously get clients that way as well. Um, and I just think it, it enhances your life and your business in, in many ways. I also uh, would like to mention um, Denise Duffield Thomas. She's a money mindset mentor, and you can you can find her online. I find her books uh, pretty helpful. Uh, but of course, there's also your book as well, Rob, uh, which I, I definitely uh, recommend as well. <laughs> Thank you. It's, it's very kind of you. And, uh, but but certainly, where you're talking about networking, there that that's an element that I do bring up in the book. Uh, because yes. and and the example that that you've used there in in terms of corporate networking and business networking are completely different. You know, I was I never used to particularly enjoy networking at, at corporate. You always felt like you had mm-hmm. to be there. Nobody seemed to want to be in the room. It was you were there because you were forced to. You were having contrived conversations with a, with a bit of a smile. Not not for everybody, but that was how it was for me. You know, you you were kind of there, and it was ever so slightly awkward. You'd rather be yes. somewhere else. Um, business networking it's not like that at all and the the energy that's in the room the passion you know from the people that are there talking about stuff that they love doing problems that they love solving it's a really exciting environment and uh, for for anybody listening that hasn't put their toe in the water in in terms of business networking you know i I highly support what you're saying uh, to to get involved and and uh, yeah and just see what's out there locally or on a specific topic that interests you yeah, definitely. So just finally, is there a guest that you'd recommend for a future episode of the show? Yeah, I was going to think about this. There's a lady I know called Liz Calder who runs a, uh, a business called Abidus Lifestyle Design. Um, she's also fairly local. She has built a, a successful interiors business, both for domestic and home interiors uh, and commercial interiors. And she's done a lot of that predominantly online over the last 12 months or so during uh, the lockdowns. So um, I thought she might be somebody interesting for you to talk to in terms of, of how she's done it and, and where she's going with it as, as a, some going from starting out through to, to building something successful. Yeah, fantastic. That's a great recommendation. Thank you. And I think so many people have kind of pivoted and and 
you know reshaped their business over the last 12 months or so since since covid struck and mm-hmm. they're, they're often fascinating case studies so yeah i'd uh i'd love to speak with liz and uh yeah we can, we can discuss that offline i'm sure so but thank you and mm-hmm. and and absolutely finally then if people want to know a bit more about you where should they go and um, what should they look up and um, well you can uh, start by going to my website which is www.janerogerspr.co.uk I'm also on social media, predominantly on uh, Instagram and Twitter, and uh, I'm also on uh, LinkedIn. So you can look me up there uh, under Jane Rogers or Jane Rogers PR. Great stuff. Well, thank you, Jane. Uh, It's been great fun uh, speaking with you today. And as restrictions end, I look forward to seeing you in person, hopefully. (laughs) That would be great. Yes. Been lovely to talk to you, Rob. Thank you so much for your time today. I hope you enjoyed the show today. I'm fortunate to have had a few guests on the show who've covered PR, marketing and content, and I believe it's such a key area of every business. The angle that Jane comes at it with a real focus on getting that deep understanding of what problem you're solving and how you can get the attention of those people you can help will go a long way to generating content that gets noticed. Jane also makes the case for networking. So if you haven't listened to last week's episode with Tracy and Ian Earl, I highly recommend doing so as they add to this conversation by sharing some excellent examples of how you can network successfully. On next week's episode, I speak with Mark Latterman on trust, authenticity and simplicity. It's definitely not to be missed, so subscribe now to be reminded of this on Tuesday morning. Thank you for listening. Until next time, keep launching and building those amazing businesses that give you satisfaction and balance.